The House will return Monday and stay in session through Thursday. The Senate will return Tuesday and stay in session through Thursday. This week in the House, the House will return Monday with the first vote set for 6.30 p.m. At that time, the House is scheduled to consider eight bills under suspension of the rules. On Tuesday and for the balance of the week, the House is scheduled to consider H.R. 5585, the Agent Raul Gonzalez Officer Safety Act, H.R. 6678, the Consequences for Social Security Fraud Act, H.R. 6679, the No Immigration Benefits for Hamas Terrorists Act, and H.R. 6976, the Protect Our Communities from DUIs Act. In addition, the House may consider H.R. 7024, the Tax Relief for American Families and Workers Act of 2024. Last week in the Senate, the Senate came back to work on Monday and voted to invoke cloture on the nomination of Christopher Coos to be a director of the Amtrak Board of Directors. On Tuesday, the Senate voted to confirm him to that position. Then the Senate voted to invoke cloture on and then to confirm the nomination of Anthony Rosario Cosia to be a director of the Amtrak Board of Directors. Then the Senate voted to confirm Joel Matthew Shabbat to be a director of the Amtrak Board of Directors. On Wednesday, the Senate voted to invoke cloture on the nominations of Jacqueline D. Austin to be a U.S. District Judge for the District of South Carolina and Crystal C. Briscoe to be a U.S. District Judge for the Northern District of Indiana. Then the Senate voted to confirm the two of them to those two positions. On Thursday, the Senate voted to confirm the nomination of Gretchen S. Lund to be a U.S. District Judge for the Northern District of Indiana. Then the Senate voted to invoke cloture on the nominations of Kirk Edward Sheriff to be a U.S. District Judge for the Eastern District of California, and Joshua Paul Kolar to be a Circuit Judge for the Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. And then they were done. This week in the Senate, the Senate will return Tuesday with the first vote set for 5.30 p.m. At that time, the Senate will proceed to a roll call vote on the nomination of Joshua Paul Kolar to be a U.S. Circuit Judge for the Second Seventh Circuit Court of Appeals. Excuse me. Then, based on the Majority Leader's cloture filings, I anticipate we'll see votes on the nominations of Carolyn Mahalchik to be a U.S. District Judge for the Middle District of Pennsylvania, and Joseph Goffman to be an Assistant Administrator at the Office of Air and Radiation at the Environmental Protection Agency. And there's a possibility that late in the week, Majority Leader Schumer might tee up a procedural vote on the emergency supplemental bill, the so-called border deal that they've been negotiating for the last several months. We'll talk more about that in a moment. Now to the latest on the border crisis. On Tuesday of last week, the Washington Times reported that, according to Open the Books, quote, the federal agency responsible for busing, sheltering, and supporting the largely unauthorized immigrant population pouring across America's borders spent nearly $20 billion over the last two years, end quote. The Office of Refugee Resettlement is part of the Department of Health and Human Services. Now to the Mayorkas impeachment. On Sunday, that is yesterday, House Republicans released their proposed articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The first article of impeachment accuses Mayorkas of refusing to comply with the law, specifically, quote, willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law, unquote. The second article accuses him of breach of trust and accuses him of making false statements to the Congress and obstructing congressional oversight. Homeland Security Committee Chairman Mark Green, Republican of Tennessee, will gavel to order a committee hearing on Tuesday 
to vote on the two articles of impeachment. Assuming the committee votes to advance the two articles, they would be ready for floor action in the House as early as next week. Now to the emergency supplemental. At a special meeting of the Senate Republican Conference held last Wednesday, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell told his Republican colleagues that the politics had flipped. In his words, quote, when we started this, the border united us and Ukraine divided us. The politics on this have changed, end quote. McConnell then referred to Donald Trump as the nominee of the Republicans for president in 2024 and said, quote, we don't want to do anything to undermine him. We're in a quandary, end quote. So on the one hand, it seems the main driving force inside the Senate Republican conference pushing for a deal now believes that a deal that serves Republican interests cannot be reached. On the other hand, it doesn't seem to have made any difference because the negotiators still haven't found their way to an agreement. And even if they had, according to a letter to House Republicans released on Friday morning by Speaker Johnson's office, Speaker Johnson wasn't enamored of the deal anyway. Said the letter, quote, the Senate appears unable to reach any agreement. If rumors about the contents of the draft proposal are true, it would have been dead on arrival in the House anyway, end quote. On Saturday night in South Carolina, President Biden said he would be willing to close the border if only Congress would give him a bill to sign. Quote, a bipartisan bill would be good for America and help fix our broken immigration system and allow speedy access for those who deserve to be here, and Congress needs to get it done, he said. It'll also give me, as president, the emergency authority to shut down the border until it could get back under control. If that bill were law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. End quote. Speaker Johnson responded in a letter Saturday in, insisting that Biden doesn't need congressional authority to take the steps necessary to secure the border. And Republican Senator Marco Rubio of Florida backed Johnson, tweeting in response to Biden's assertion, quote, prove you're serious about the border crisis by using the authority you already have under current law to secure the border, end quote. Stay tuned. Now to 2024. Six days after the Iowa caucuses, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis withdrew from the Republican presidential nominating contest and endorsed Donald Trump for president. That left former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley with the one-on-one -on -one contest she said she had been hoping for for quite some time. But two nights later, when the votes were counted in the nation's first primary election, things didn't turn out quite the way she wanted. Trump beat her by double digits, 54 to 43 percent, and in doing so, became the first non-incumbent Republican to win both the Iowa caucus and the New Hampshire primary. Now to The Jenny Beth Show. Episode 50 of The Jenny Beth Show dropped last Wednesday. It features Jenny Beth's interview with Dr. Kelly Ward, the former chairwoman of the Arizona Republican Party and a former challenger to Senator John McCain in a Republican primary. Kelly's take on the current state of affairs in the Arizona Republican Party is particularly interesting. And given the events of last week in Arizona Republican politics, it's quite timely. That's our Washington report for this week.